Hello and welcome to the St. Emlyn's podcast. I'm Simon Carley and today I am in Sun City, which is near Johannesburg in South Africa at the Emergency Medicine Society of South Africa, EMSA, conference. Um, and it's been great, actually. We've had a really, really good time. So I'm sat here with a number of colleagues and you've got a reason for being here, I think. So do you want to just wish around the table and tell us what, you, what you're here? Just a little bit of background on this podcast. It's really a follow-up to a blog by Robert Lloyd on our site which talked about his experiences at Kyleach Hospital when he first went out there and had a real tough experience about learning about South African emergency medicine. So I caught up with some different trainees in South Africa just recently at the EMSA conference, and we'll talk a little bit about the conference later on, but talking about what they feel having come to a different healthcare system with different challenges. Now, as ever at conferences, it's a little bit difficult to find a quiet room. So there are a few bumps and bangs in the background, and I apologize for that. But I think some really interesting content in here. And really, if you're thinking about coming out here and doing some work, I think you'll find this very interesting. So back to the podcast, and I'll get the guys to introduce each other. Um, my name is Jen, also known as Coffee Headaches on Twitter. I'm currently working at Kailisha Hospital just outside of Cape Town. I'm a post-ACCS emergency medicine trainee, normally working in London. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm now F4, I believe. Um, currently working in Benedictine Hospital in Nongoma, which is in northern KwaZulu-Natal. I'm Chloe, uh, also an F4, uh, planning to go into ACCS EM. Currently working in Malawi, so I've come from a bit further in Blanta. I'm Sam, Jen's partner. I'm also working in Kailish Hospital in Cape Town um, and a post-ACCS EM trainee. I'm Emma, um, I'm an F5, I've been working for the last month in Kalich Hospital in Cape Town with Sam and Jen. Um, I'm here for three months uh, postgraduate elective. Uh, I'm Jacob, I'm F5 and uh, working in the same hospital as Chris. I kind of like this idea of being Fs forever. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. Foundation forever. But well, it um, kind of gives you a bit of an idea of who's who, like, you know, what you've been doing, you know, with post-foundation, got commitment issues... <laughs> um, <laughs> run away from somewhere yeah run away from somewhere but um, you know we're out doing some interesting things we are doing some, some of the things you've been telling me about over the last few days have been pretty remarkable actually and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is to build on the stuff which Robert did for us so from um, Pondering EM when he talked about his, his experiences when he first started working in this kind of healthcare system and that first weekend that he did in Kailicha. Um, and that's one of the most read blogs that we've ever had on St. Emlyn's and his experiences have been, have been quite profound with a lot of people about understanding their response to stress and things like that, which I think is relevant not just here but to absolutely everywhere. So there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you. I mean, the first was, well, let's start with why are you here? So what's, what made you want to come out to somewhere like South Africa or Malawi to, to experience healthcare in a different environment? We were analysing that question yesterday. It's, um, <laughs> it's a complicated one. I guess... Um, in order to gain experience is the big one. We see a lot of things here that we don't have much exposure to in the UK, particularly in terms of infectious diseases and trauma. Um, so to, to get exposure to certain things and also, I guess, to challenge yourself to see how you will react in that kind of environment, as similar to what Rob talked about in terms of, in terms of stress, to kind of really push yourself so that's, that's quite a brave thing to do. Mm. So you didn't come into this with your eyes closed? No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? <laughs> OK, so folks, on a podcast, shaking your head doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't come into this with your eyes closed. Um, you had a little bit of an experience, a little bit of idea of what's going on. What, what's it actually been now that you've been out here? What's the experience been like? 
So it obviously I read Rob's blogs and spoke to other people who'd been to Kailisha before. And I felt that I was quite well prepared. I, I was coming out here specifically to get that experience. But I think you don't really understand it until you've until you've lived through it, if that makes sense, until you've worked that shift. So it was exactly as described. It was everything I thought it was going to be. But somehow, I still wasn't really prepared for it. So this is quite a recent memory, if, I, if, if I'm right. So you've just done the weekend on call. Just done the and weekend on call. payday weekend? Payday, payday weekend. weekend. Which is yeah. the worst. So these guys, you were doing the day? We were doing the night. Oh, right, you worked last weekend. No, yeah, we finished Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I did the public holiday weekend. So what... When you say it's interesting and it's challenging, what sort of things are you seeing there? So Rob talked about the idea that there was a lot of penetrating trauma, there were mm. a lot of community assaults, mm. and there um, a lot of other sort of interpersonal violence. Do you want to explain what kind of injuries you're seeing or what kind of pathologies you're seeing? It was a non-stop stream, really, coming into recess of mainly uh, young males with penetrating trauma, uh, often multiple stab wounds being brought in by friends and relatives. Um, and some being brought in by um, the local EMS service. Um, most people smelt or look like they'd been consuming a lot of alcohol with their paycheck. And then also there was the mix of um, people hit by cars, a couple of shooting incidents, mm. and very little medical patients came in. Yeah. We, also had a, we had a couple of um, like sexual violence cases. Now, you're all experienced physicians. You've worked in major trauma centres in the UK. What kind of preparation does that give you for coming here, or is it completely different? I think it's so different that it's almost impossible to prepare for it in a UK environment. It was the whole, It's like a major incident every Friday or Saturday night, really. It becomes, it becomes normal. But you're, you're, you're overwhelmed. You have, you're doing a chest drain on one patient, and then as soon as that's done, you have to take them off the trolley and put them on the floor and bring the next patient onto the trolley because there's no space to do anything. You are sort of putting chest drains on inpatients on trolleys in the corridor with no monitoring on because they need it right now and there's no other space in which to do it. Um, so you're doing things that you would never think of doing back home, but you very quickly realise that in this kind of environment you just have to do the best you can with what you have available to you. So how does, how does that work from a sort of mental point of view? Because I can understand that you get the practical experience and that's useful so you can do these things and I guess when you've got the job to do and you've got the the task to do in front of you then you can concentrate on that but actually at the same time you'll be have some realization that it's probably not what you'd want to be doing and so from a mental point of view how do you cope with that because back in the UK we're we're fairly lucky that most of the time we can do what the patients need Mm. within a reasonable amount of time we don't get overwhelmed in that way Mm. that often so how do you cope mentally with not being able to do what you think you probably could do in the situation where you've come from? It, I, think it's, I think it's incredibly tough because I, I've now come to find that that's the, that's the thing that stresses me out the most when I'm working, is not being able to do that. And it, I guess it's about just being able... It's taken a long time, but realising what the limitations are, knowing when you can go the extra mile and when you should go the extra mile but very difficult to cope with. And, you know, you find yourself in situations where the, the numbers of, of people are building and you realise that you have to just do, just do the best you can and continue to see as many people. And sometimes that just unfortunately just doesn't, doesn't result in being able to do the best thing all the time. Um, 
and, and, it, and it is. It's, it's the thing that I've found is, is, is most stressful. We're, we're very lucky where we are in that we're supernumerary at Kailisha, so we've got um, the amazing South African doctors with us. Mm. And that patient I was talking about who we did a chest drain on in the corridor with no monitoring, I was just looking at this patient, and I knew he needed a drain, and I know how to do a drain. I'd done sort of three or four already that night. But my, my kind of UK training was like, but he needs monitoring, and he needs to be in resource, and we need this, and I can't do anything. So I was literally just staring at him. Then one of the South African doctors came and just got all of the kit. I was like, no, we need to do this right here, right now. And then we just did it. And that kind of... But I was just kind of malfunctioning at that point, if that makes sense. I was like, I know what I need to do, but I cannot do this here in this way. But we've got them with us to guide us, which is really, really... I suppose we have, whenever we do a procedure, we have a set of rituals around mm. it that we yeah, do. Exactly. Don't we? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it might be just, you know, the simplest mm. putting gloves on, washing your hands, getting a kit from them. So, mm-hmm. if you don't have those rituals. It's extremely uncomfortable. It's very mm. uncomfortable. You feel very, yeah. I felt very disorientated when I'm you were like, first starting here. And you're just used to, you're used to your own system, your own equipment, your own way of doing it, you know, for our kind of like national guidelines. And then you come here and you, I find it really difficult. I find it really stumped. I'm, you know, um, not just unfamiliar equipment, this situation, you know, having to do something in a really less than ideal situation. It was just... I found it quite difficult to get, to get over, really. I, I think that whole process as well, um, it gives you time to mentally prepare for mm. what you're actually a way to do. And, yeah. and when, you, when you just don't have, that, don't have that time and those extra steps to do it, it does make it really difficult. So you could get the impression that this has all been really tough and hard... But actually, having spoken to you over the last few days, that's not the impression that I've got. I don't think enjoy is the right word. I don't think I've felt a sense of enjoyment <laughs> from you, if, if that's fair. But there is something about being challenged and going through that exercise, if you like, and then learning from it, which I'm, I'm kind of getting a feeling from you that that's been a positive experience in that respect. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, personally, it was at least getting more comfortable with things like penetrating injuries and just feeling a bit more at ease addressing that. Because, you know, if you're faced with something like a stabbing back in the UK, that's a relatively unusual event. Um, And people would be on edge, you know, and sort of think about, okay, what we're going to be doing. But here, everyone's... The experience has been that people are very calm about it. and, And I feel like that's also kind of, you know, something, hopefully, that we're soaking up whilst we're here, so I'm like, okay, fine, this has happened, let's get on with it, this is how we're going to manage it. I think there are certain things that make your heart race as an emergency doctor mm. in the UK, and if you, you've got a gunshot wound coming in or a stab chest, that is something that previously would have, you know, put me very on edge. And now, you've kind of seen that, that is, it's, it's just an injury that you treat in the way that you would treat anything. You go through the same processes, you know what you need to do, and there's something that's very dramatic sounding about it but actually once you've seen it a little bit Mm. that kind of goes away and it loses that kind of edge of fear and you know that you can just go through the process like you would with anything else Mm. So are there any specific clinical things that you picked up here that you're definitely going to take home? I'm not sure how many of them we'd be allowed to do back home I think they're very very specific to this environment Okay. It's just little things like the way they suture in the chest strings, we're banned from doing purse string sutures and things because it leaves terrible scars but here the patients are probably going to be sleeping on the floor all night and you just want to suture the drain in in a way that it's really not going to fall out no matter what they do so they just really really stitch it in and tie it in and it works very well but I'd be killed for doing it back home It's just little Do you do the Joburg knot? Is that the one that they teach you? Where they loop it round and pull it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It works, it's great. It works well, it's stable, but, you know, 
when I was first shown that, I thought, I was really quite surprised, because obviously we would never do that in, you know, in the UK for cosmetic reasons. Yeah. And we're sound. suturing up all of our lacerations with just one O, just everything. Yeah. Maybe yeah. on a face yeah. we might use something smaller. But, yeah. And it's just because there's so much. You just sit there and have a conveyor belt of just stitching up. I had a guy with 12 stab wounds or something mm. like that. And you just have to close them and then move on to the next one. So mm. the cosmetic appearance of stuff is, is much less... Well, you actually told me that you had um, an X marks a spot chest strain. I did. I did. I I must admit, I've not seen that before. This is somebody who... I think it's common here, Mm. yeah. I I went to put a drain in someone and realised that he had a scar from a previous drain. Okay. Yeah, they definitely have rear tenders. I mean, they've had, like, rear tenders for thoracotomies. Okay, interesting. That's... um, Interesting success stories. (laughs) Yeah, that's... (laughs) Definitely not come across that before. Came back for more. Yeah. (laughs) So... The clinical side has been challenging. It's interesting from the mental point of view. There are challenges there, but it sounds like you've got a fairly good support network around you, both from the staff, from the other South African yeah. doctors, from the leadership there. I think where we are, yes, yes we're in very Kailisha. lucky. In Kailisha. From speaking it's... to some of you guys doing things through the AHP, I think we're having a very different experience, just in terms of I think we're in a very well-organised, supported yeah. environment, which I think regionally is, you know, has an extremely good reputation, and I think we're benefiting from mm-hmm. that. Like We've joined a team... You know, each each of us have joined that, and we're going through the rotor with them. And I think that really, you know, has been really great for us to kind of have that support network of people that we're familiar with. They know what we can do, and they know what we would like to get out of this experience. So. Uh, yeah, if I were to come back, I would definitely do things um, in a centre where there's more support. But essentially, where we are, me and Chris are basically each other's um, support. Um, there's, yeah, not, not really much in the way of seniors. We've been essentially running the casualty department um, where we work, um, where we do still see a significant amount of trauma, yeah. um, significant amount of incredibly sick people. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I feel like, a, you know, we've worked incredibly well as a team, uh, and it's kind of just having each other there, going through it together, has, you know, made it way more manageable than if that was not the case. My understanding is that you're not entirely paid for this. Some of you are. You, you use the term post-graduate elective, which is something I've not come across before. I mean, that's what they officially told me, so it's, it's an unpaid elective. So you're on, are you on, like, an UP or something like that from the UK? Well, no, because I'm an F5, so I'm, you know, I've been out of training for several years now. Yeah, so um, an UP, if, if people aren't familiar with that, that's an out-of-programme that's approved on a training programme, but you yeah. guys are actually either between training programmes yeah. or stepping out for a short period of time, yeah. or just off the radar. <laughs> me, and okay. Sam, me and Sam are on an UP post-ACCS, okay. pre-SD4, yeah. So our role, I mean, we're lucky at Kailisha, we're kind of in a voluntary, unpaid role. That's why we get to be supernumerary and get all this support. The guys who go out with AHP and get actual paid jobs out in the rural areas, they're very much more on their own, mm. and it's a really different mm. experience. Yeah. Yeah, so we're basically doing the equivalent of the ComServe year um, that South African doctors do where they go to a so much of their trainings uh, initially in medical school and their internship seems to set them up to then all of a sudden be in a rural hospital and um, not have any senior support there. So ComServe is this um, year compulsory of community service that they do. Yeah. And yeah. that's usually in a peripheral hospital, as I understand it. Yeah, but very I think much that's so. been one of the biggest things, I think, seeing how just how independent they are. I mean, I remember we were on, um, we were short-staffed when I started. Our registrar was on leave. And the juniors quite happily and comfortably mm. um, intubated and ventilated a patient on their own in resus. Uh, and it was really phenomenal. I was completely blown away. All of their interns can tube people, can do caesarean sections, can do chest strains... 
I mean, I found as a new emergency medicine registrar in the UK, my practical skills are way inferior to the average South African intern, which was quite a knock to my confidence at first, I think. But is, there, is there anything that you're bringing here? That you, any, any areas where you think you've got some um, additional skills that you're helping? Bring I'm across? trying to work that out. I feel like <laughs> if I don't have good practical skills, I must have something else to balance that out. But I haven't quite figured out what that is yet. You're very good on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting, yeah, that's my one contribution, my yeah. one um, life skill. I think because a lot of the medicine is extremely different as well. It's a much younger population, mm. HIV, TB, mm. a lot of infectious diseases we're not as familiar with. I suspect that actually, you know, following kind of on your, from your talk about um, looking at risk stratification, I think that's something we have a bit more mm. at the forefront. So um, when I started, we've got the asthma room, which is kind of allocated for oranges. Yeah. Um, we've got the trolley bay, which is where people are waiting for beds. But we also get green sent in there as well. Um, and I think... You know, because we're holding on to patients for such a long time, we keep them for 12, 24 hours. I think we're actually a bit better at, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm, when I go around and sort of responsible for areas or going in thinking, we've had these people for eight hours, maybe we should reshuffle this. Yeah. You know, and actually, are, are things changing here? Um, which I think is just perhaps something we're a bit more um, focused on okay. from, you know, being used to our system. But it does sound that um, by the end of these attachments, you're going to go home with a, with, as a much more rounded um, clinician with a lot of extra skills. So I've had some, some of my colleagues, so Alistair Hayes, who I work with, um, spent uh, six months out here, and his ability to bring that information back and then share it once he got back home was, was incredible. It really, really does help. It makes everybody better. So I'll come to the end, because I think that's a really interesting discussion about um, the experience here. You're still fairly fresh. So you've still got a few, a few more weeks to go. Um, would you recommend other people to come out here and do this? Yeah, I yes. Would. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's an ideal time to do it as post-ACCS. I think that's worked really well for us. Mm. And, yeah, you gain a huge amount from doing it, not just in terms of practical skills and in terms of exposure to infectious diseases, but just learning about yourself as a clinician, if that makes sense, and challenging yourself and appreciating things about the NHS back home as well. Well, when I get back home, I'm just going to hug the A&E nurses yeah. and just tell them how amazing <laughs> they are. So much. I'm just going to—I'm going to be so happy to have like four O sutures and just things that we're missing. One thing I would say to anyone who is thinking about coming out in the future is to be very clear about what it is it will be expected of them when they go. Mm. They end up in a trauma unit in a city like Kailisha, and you're putting in 20 chest rains in a night, or we landed in a very rural hospital where we kind of act as primary healthcare doctors and emergency doctors and have very little available to us and no seniors. And it's if you're expecting the first, you end up in the second, mm. you may be very uncomfortable okay. very quickly. The only way you can get to these departments, places in Cape Town like Kailisha, is if you go unpaid. You can't yeah. get paid jobs there, mm. just to clarify that. And I would say that you, there are some, we've had some elective students from other countries come for say two weeks which I just don't think is enough I think you should come for three months if you're going to do it yeah I think you're going to have to come for a bit longer it takes a couple of weeks to even become useful in that kind of environment okay so it looks as if we're going to get this room taken away from us fairly soon but that was a really helpful discussion South Africa itself what an amazing place fantastic beautiful I mean that's the other thing to say is just as a life experience about getting out there and traveling the world is really important the cultural stuff here is amazing um, and the people are fabulous, mm. incredibly friendly. Mm-hmm. And I, I, some of the friends I've made out here, Craig Wiley's walking behind us at the moment. Say hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello. <laughs> so from the Bad EM crew, um, they are truly inspirational clinicians, and I've, I've learned a huge amount from them. Mm. So thanks very much, guys, um, for your help. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time. 
if you ever want to share it, if you want to get that message out there, if, is it okay for people to get in touch with you if they're thinking about coming out yeah, here to get Absolutely, in absolutely. Yeah. I benefited so much from talking to um, Rob Lloyd about coming out here and a couple of my other friends who've, who've been before. So, yeah, definitely contact us. Mm. Okay, so final sure. thoughts in one word. Final thoughts. Just come out and do it. It's a great experience. Challenging. Sometimes overwhelming, but mostly positive. The high is uh, higher, the lows are lower, but overall <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, the South African doctors are superheroes. What they managed to achieve, that's a lot of words, more than one, but what they managed to achieve with the resources they have is just incredible, and I'm very much in awe of them. Um, overall, incredible experience. Okay, and my final thought is, you guys have come out here, you've developed a whole better set of skills, which I think are actually core for emergency medicine back home as well. My plea to you and to everybody else who comes out here and for every other trainee is actually, if you can do it here in the emergency department, there's no reason why we, sh- we can't or shouldn't be able to do this back home in a yeah, UK yeah. emergency department. Mm. And we really need to think hard about how we train people back home and send them to places where they can actually deliver the type of skills that they need to do as emergency physicians. Right, I'm off my soapbox. Let's go and do some work. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs>